0: Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 191. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. We're doing it again. Yay! I was trying to think of something that's going on this week in the midst of September. When is this episode going out? Um, September 22nd. So is it fall yet? I guess so. So the pumpkin spice is flowing freely, the crunch of leaves underfoot, which signals the beginning of ugh, raking season. Yuck. Thanks, global warming. I don't know if that has anything to do with global warming, but I don't like it anyway. Let's just get on with things. Gonna prove that the world is flat in this rocket ship. Or go splat He's Mad, Mike Mad Mike Over there on the Facebook, uh, the Rocket Man, Mad My Hughes posted a picture of the American flag overlooking the launch site in Amboy, California, followed immediately by a plug for realrocketman.com for more information about the launch. I'll go there in a second. Before that, they posted that it's our 100th post today. And then that thing about Waldo from the film sharing a stressful moment of rescuing your friend from a dangerous arms deemed rocket. We posted that one last year, that's, or last week, that's the one with all the F-bombs in it. There is also, I don't know that I mentioned this last week, there is also kind of a cool picture with the caption, The intense moment in the film where Waldo Stakes and Patrick Marchese move the homemade stepladder platform away from the rocket with Mad Mike Hughes inside and tip it over onto the desert floor before launch. And it is impressive. Like I said many times, I may think this whole thing is goofy, but, you know, props to Hughes and his team for building a rocket for crying out loud. Uh, I certainly couldn't do that. All right, let's go to realrocketman.com and see what's up. Rocketman the documentary. There's the uh, a link to Lewis Black saying something about it. Um, links to where to get the film, the cast, and whatnot. I don't really care about all that. I just want to know when the next launch is going to be. Apparently, no matter where you go on this website, they're just talking about the movie. Uh, Well, there's a page that talks about the Flat Earth Theory. I think if we talked about that before. All right, moving on. Nothing new on the Twitter. Uh, No new donations on the GoFundMe for Mad Mike. I think we were at $140 last week, and we are still there. A bit short of the $2.5 million goal. But again, the uh, account's only been in place since August 16th. So we're, you know, a little more than a month in so far. Head on over there and donate if you so desire. And then contact me to tell me why you did that. The movie is getting really good reviews on Amazon. All except for one, five-star reviews. The other, and the one that wasn't, was a four-star review. Comments ranging from what I thought was a joke turned out to be an edge-of-my-seat documentary. The inspirational story of an anti-hero. LOL. I'm not a flat-earth believer, but you gotta appreciate this guy's dedication damn good storytelling so I don't know maybe I should give in and watch this movie no I have to stay strong I'm not gonna get burned again like I did with the biography so I'm kind of poking around in the internet Uh, everything I'm seeing is all about come buy this movie and nothing about a new launch so we're all safe from the dragons for now gonna prove that the world is flat in this rocket ship or he'll he's Mad Mike Mad my cues. I read an article on WeAreTheMutants.com called Lost in the Time Vortex, the American Cult of Doctor Who. This isn't news, but I am a Doctor Who fan. Basically the article was Doctor Who became a thing in the early 80s, thanks largely to PBS, because the show aired on PBS. And people found it there, and that's me, because I was a kid in the early 80s, and I found Doctor Who on PBS. Doctor Who, of course, being the long-running, originally ran from 63 to 89 on British television, came over here in the 70s and 80s on PBS, story of a uh, a time-traveling alien called The Doctor, who was a Time Lord from the planet Delafray, traveled around in a Uh, what looked like a 1950s British police box, but is actually bigger on the inside. The whole space and time traveling ship has all all sorts of adventures. The series ended in 89, was revived in 2005 to even bigger success. It's like it's not a cult thing anymore. It's sort of a, becomes sort of a mainstream show. And it all started in America. The popularity in America started as sort of a nerdy cult thing with PBS in the 80s. Um, I thought it was a good article. I will try to post a link to that in the show notes uh, for any of you Doctor Who fans out there who want to basically see the story of you becoming a Doctor Who fan, if you're like me and of a certain age. Uh, What else? Oh, found a potential new source for listeners for the podcast. I'm always looking out for that. Uh, Yeah, turns out that scientists have found water on a potentially life-friendly planet So uh, I'm thinking it's only a matter of time before my stats go up. I'm wondering if they have Apple Podcasts on this other planet. A super Earth about 111 light years away is the best candidate for habitability that we know right now. This is from a National Geographic article that I read a few days ago as I'm recording. In a first for astronomers studying worlds beyond our solar system, data from the Hubble Space Telescope have revealed water vapor in the atmosphere of an Earth-sized planet this exoplanet orbits a star that is smaller than our sun, it falls within what is known as the star's habitable zone, the range of orbital distances where it would be warm enough for liquid water to exist. Two independent studies verified this. The planet is called K2-18b, that rolls off the tongue, and was discovered in 2015 by NASA's Kepler spacecraft. The planet itself is more than eight times the mass of Earth, so it's either an icy giant like Neptune. Or a rocky world with a thick hydrogen-rich atmosphere, and I hope lots of cell phones and tablets and computers and things with a really you know really, uh, really reliable podcatcher. So shout out to all my listeners on K218B. This episode is dedicated to you. And in other news: there is no other news. That's right, nothing else happened in the world this week. So let's move on to this week's game. This week's game is Gangster Alley. From Spectrovision, 1982. What's this game? Well, there's some gangsters, see, and they're in an alley, see. Except they're not really. They're in a building. So right there is the first problem with this game. The manual invites us to meet the to meet the gang. Wanted. Shifty. Scarface. Muggsy, Lefty. Nitro Ed and Chicago Joe. There's nothing about the look of Chicago Joe to indicate anything about Chicago, except he has an eye patch. Anybody listening from Chicago who can tell me, is there a rampant eye patch fad going on? I I don't know. Wanted. Wanted any way you can get them. Substantial rewards will be paid, including to you, apparently, even though you're a federal agent. Uh, That seems sort of ethically dubious, but anyway. For years, these sinister criminals have evaded capture from the SBI, SpectraVision Bureau of Investigation. Now these five most wanted gangsters have challenged the agency to a showdown on their own turf, Gangster Alley. As a loyal agent, you volunteer to take on this assignment. Equipped with a rifle and four bulletproof vests, you proceed to the showdown. Why don't you have like four rifles and one bulletproof vest? Anyway, when you get to the alley, you find the Fiendish Five are holding a woman and a child hostage. Oh no, a woman in distress, because women need saving. Anyway. Be careful not to shoot them by mistake or you will be penalized. Make sure to hit your target or you may be shot. Be sure to hit Nitro-Ed on the roof before he drops his bomb and blows everyone up. Success means reward and promotion. And cash, apparently. But we'll get to that. Using the joystick for this one. Insert the joystick in the left port. A, difficulty level for beginners. B, for veteran agents. And then you case the joint. Demo mode. Prior to entering Gangster Alley, you can get a look at the mugshots of our gangsters. So you're not really casing the joint. You're just looking at, um, you know, the five gangsters on screen and Nitro Red. Table of point values. All right, everyone seen the back? Maybe take off the eye patch. There you go. That better? All right. Your prize, your cash prize for Mugsy, ranges from twenty bucks to seventy, depending on I guess on if it's day or night and maybe what level you're on. Scarface, 30 to 80. Lefty, 40 to 90. Shifty, 50 to 100. And Nitro Red, 100 to 150. Penalty for shooting hostages, which weirdly, I did a lot. Shoot the woman, who doesn't get to have a name, I guess. Uh, you get 1,000 points, and the kids, also 1,000 points. Penalty. When you start the game, you have four bulletproof vests. Three are displayed on screen, and four rounds of ammunition. That seems kind of dumb. If you know there are six gangsters, including Nitro-Ed, why wouldn't you bring six bullets? Or, I don't know, ten bullets? Or a hundred bullets? But no, you bring four. And then uh, apparently the bullets just refill on their own. There's not really anything to that. Move the joystick to aim the gun sight directly over target. A direct hit will cause flashing explosion. Be sure to hit all gangsters before they can draw their guns. These guys uh, don't miss. If you are hit, you you will lose one bulletproof vest. I think they need a new bulletproof vest distributor, if that's all it takes. On the roof, Nitro-Ed is just waiting to drop one of his grenades. Shoot him any time, but make sure you hit him just before he gets ready to throw a grenade. If you fail, the whole thing ends. The whole th- game ends. The whole thing ends. What? The whole thing ends. When you shoot Nitro-Ed, he doesn't die. It just uh, pushes him back a little. You know, if he ha- If he's holding the grenade, the grenade disappears. If he's not holding the grenade, I guess it just kind of pushes him back. Maybe it delays him dropping the grenade after the gangsters run out of ammunition the battle is paused for reloading which seems like a very gentlemanly thing to do rules of engagement and all that it's like it's like when you play uh, a nerf gun battle with your kid and he calls time out you're like okay stop the action the nerf bullets went behind the couch under the cat gotta dig him out hurry up mom's gonna be home soon that sort of thing After the gangsters run out of ammunition, the battle pauses for reloading, a bonus of $10 will be given for each unused bullet, now the gangsters really start coming at you. As you will be fighting well into the night, getting back to my idea why wouldn't you just bring like 50 agents and just be done with it, but no, they just sent you. So you end up fighting well into the night, things start getting dark, duh, because that's how a night works. Your gun is equipped with a special night sight, well that's handy. You must fire a bullet to light up the screen, that seems dumb, but anyway. These are the hostages in the building Do not shoot them In all capital letters Or you will be demoted We have woman And child Okay I don't know what this woman's wearing on her head It's some sort of Um Frying pot lid Kinda looks like And the kid has some sort of Um 1920s straw hat derby Thing Bonus vest After each $5,000 You will receive an additional vest If The vest will appear And a melody will be played Melody in quotes maybe because even they know the music is not really that exciting. A maximum of four vests at a time can be kept. The game ends when either you lose all your bulletproof vests or Nitro Red drops a grenade. At the end of the game, Nitro Red has a message for you. I'm wondering if I should tell you what the message is. Alright, at the end of the game, Nitro Red blows the crap out of you and then he goes, Ha! That's the message. Big letters on the screen. Does a lot for your self-esteem. Your rank, rewards earned. If you get 1000 to 3990 D, that being dollars, you are a cadet. 4000 to 9990 rookie. 10000 to $19,950, you're a marksman, or $9, 90. $20, $39, 990 20000 to $39,990, inspector. 40000 to $99,990, you're a chief. Looking good, chief. Game variations. Game 1 is a one player. Game 2 is a two player children's games are slower pace and those are games three and four one and two player respectively because i think i noted in the field report there's nothing more wholesome and child-friendly than shooting people in the face the game comes with a limited 90-day warranty so that's good to know maybe you can cash in on that and that is how you play gangster alley atari hq reviewed this game spectra vision's corporate slogan they say meets the challenge was well, certainly backed up with Gangster Alley, an entertaining target shooting contest that's patterned after a non-electronic game that was popular in commercial game parlors for many years. Not familiar with that. The game uses a curse and we know how to play it. It's pretty easy until you counter Nitro Ed, that's the scary looking guy standing on the roof waving a bomb. Gangster Alley requires fast reflexes and thus is probably aimed more for the younger generation of gamers who can better handle these video lowlifes. It's a decent game to play for a few minutes at a time to you get lit up by Ed and are forced to watch him mock you. Very funny. Woodgrain Wonderland notes that the Atari 2600 does not offer very many opportunities to yell boom, headshot, but Gangster Alley provides them in spades. It's an old school target shooting game that probably would have been better served with a light gun had any such thing been developed for the 2600. Ooh, I didn't think of that. It's kind of like Duck Hunt with people. That'd be cool. But uh, as it is, the game is okay. Given the control system, in some ways it's good that your shots don't have to be too precise. Often you can shoot to the side of the villain and see the bullet ricochet towards him, which means it's not a collision detection problem. While blocky not particularly pleasant to look at, I like how Spectrovision was able to align some degrees of personality to assign some degrees of personality to each of the gangsters using only blocky pixels in negative space. On the downside, the night scenes, where you can only see the windows when there's gunfire, were a stupid idea, because you're more likely to shoot a hostage than not. Gangster Alley is a decent game, but not one I'd suggest going to great effort to track down. C-. Okay, so about that Gangster Alley board game, or at least non-video game, Let's pause here and I'll go do some research. Okay, so I couldn't actually find a gangster. There are lots of gangster games. I couldn't find one that looked like it was old enough to have inspired the Gangster Alley video game. Uh, So I have failed as a podcaster. Feel free to uh, think badly of me. If any of you happen to know what the non-video game was that inspired Gangster Alley, I would be very curious to hear about it. So hit me up on social media or email me at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com or call the voicemail or something to uh, let me know because I am dying to know about this. And I don't want the Spectre Vision agent to shoot me in the face. Alright, after the break, ollie ollie in gangster free. Sorry, we're not playing an our gang comedy, we're playing Gangster Alley. Ha <laughs> silly me, I misread my notes. This one is a game about straight up shooting people in the face. Good family fun, let's give it a try. There's the lineup of gangsters whose names I've already forgotten, except for Nitro Ed. Here we go. You will notice, no sound, it seems all of a sudden my cartridge... Or My console or whatever is only like every other time. I put this game in actually letting me hear the sound or Maybe it's the TV. I don't know. Nitro Ed just blew me to crap. All right, let's try this again So you're just gonna get more of my lovely voice. I guess the sound isn't much anyway It's basically just you know, oops. I just shot a kid. Sorry kid You're not missing much without hearing the sound. So Nitro Ed just blew me up again. They're very cartoony looking gangsters, right? You got all the ones whose names I can't remember, kind of sneak uh, slowly, lifting their heads up above the, you know, into the windows, giving you plenty of time to shoot them in the face. I'm playing on the easier setting. Shot the kid again. Sorry, kid. Uh, to make it a little easier to talk to you while I'm playing, the building is very nondescript. Very, um, n- no, no uh, extra time was spent on on that background. I don't understand why Nitro Ed is just kind of up there. Walking around freely with his bomb, and now the game just locked up on me. Oh, what are we doing now? Went to black. Alright, next thing. I guess maybe that was the end of the wave. It's a little confusing why the SIB, Spectre Vision Investigative Unit, or whatever it was called, uh, Bureau, would just let you go by yourself to shoot all these guys if they know they're there and this game ostensibly stretches into the night. Why they just wouldn't send more agents to finish the job, but, alright. Seems a little strange that your, your goal is to shoot them rather than, uh, you know, arrest them. Maybe it's the uh, the Untouchables, you know, Sean Connery theory. They, they kill one of yours, you put four of theirs in the morgue, or, or whatever the quote is. And now the game's locked up again. I'm having technical issues here. There's Nitro-Ed again. Nitro-Ed, by the way, reminds me... The first time I turned the game on and looked at him. A little bit of Sloth from the Goonies. Uh, No connection there, of course. Or maybe there is. We don't exactly know what happened to Sloth after the movie. He could have gone rogue. Who knows? But the gangsters are all very cartoony... I guess the other thing I think of is like uh, the Dick Tracy movie. The Warren Beatty Dick Tracy movie. You know, sort of that mode, uh, stylized mode of cartoony gangsters. Is there ever a Dick Tracy movie tie-in game? I know the movie was not well received. What else can I say about this? I just realized I can't see the score at the bottom or the bullets. Yeah, I'm having uh, major technical issues here. The game is still playing, but I have no idea how well I'm doing. I guess, uh, I'll just wait for Nitro-Ed to, uh, blow me up. Today was the first time I'd really gotten the game out and played it, since I got it. I don't even really remember when I got it. And now we're locked up again. Fate to black. Alright, well, that's enough of that. I'll talk more about it, uh, in my little s- summary later. I guess for now... Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8 bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge based games for Atari's 8 bit computer line? We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all, we also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that, and for free, just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's X-E-G-S, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast? But you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana. Very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So here's the thing about Gangster Alley. It's kind of fun, it's kind of cute in a cartoony way. I could totally see a board game based on this, what I have in my head, how it would look. I'm picturing sort of a, a a cardboard stand-up three-dimensional thing with little cardboard doors on it that, you know, after you play it a couple of times, it won't actually stand up, and some of the doors get ripped off, and there's little cartoony gangsters behind them, and, and you have to roll the dice to do stuff. And um, I, Yeah, I can see it. I also liked uh, what the run re- one reviewer said about how cool this would be if it was a light gun game, like a duck hunt kind of thing. Uh, that would be fun. Um, as it is, what we've got um, is okay for a few minutes. Uh, I wouldn't sit there for a whole afternoon and play it. But, you know, if you have the urge to just uh, sort of zone out and just sort of reflexively uh, you know, play a shooter like that, this game offers you that. So, yeah, it's alright. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story is titled Family Terror. I mean, fun. Memo from Carl McMaster's advertising manager to Vicki Collins, production manager. Vicky, here's the ad copy for the new client's commercial. As you know, when Leonard returned from his surprise three-day absence, he was quite keen on signing this new client, even though Leonard had refused in the past. All he really said was during his time off, he had time to reflect on his choices he'd made about this one in the past, and the client persuaded him running their ads would be a beneficial move to all concerned. Side note, I mentioned that we missed his wife's legendary potato salad at the company picnic last week. Leonard looked very sad, but didn't explain why his wife must have been busy or something anyway here's the copy you can let me know if you'd recommend any changes but i kind of doubt they'll get made come on down to gangster alley the town's premier bowling alley and only bowling alley now that stan at bowl town decided to retire and leave the state he understood we were making an offer he couldn't refuse best wishes stan what's that you don't like bowling what's the matter with you Bowling is so much fun, you'll die laughing. Or crying. Whatever. Basically, if the boss wants you dead, you're dead. 25 gorgeous lanes in a state-of-the-art sports facility, resting atop the old gravel pit outside of town. You know the old gravel pit, right? If not, we'll be thrilled to show you around sometime. These are some of the toughest lanes in town. Slick with the sweat of our competitors, you're sure to have hours of challenging fun. We've got concrete shoes, (laughs) I mean bowling shoes, to fit every size. Why bring your own when you can rent ours? Understood. At Gangster Alley our prices can't be beat. You'll pay whatever we charge and be happy about it. Hey, you look hungry. Yes, I said you look hungry. Why not visit our restaurant? Seriously, do it. Burgers, nachos, homemade onion rings. You'll be proud to call our menu offerings your last meal. For today. And we just finalized a deal with a beer distributor who owes us a favor. We'll pass the savings on to you. Hey, look at that. Now you owe us a favor. Tell your bowling buddies you'll spare them this time if they buy the next round. Meanwhile, the kids will love the new arcade, now featuring kiddie rides like the Rocking Horse and the merry go round and one we're calling the Tommy Gun because the fun is rapid fire. So come on down to Gangster Alley where you'll always bowl a strike first before the other guy strikes you. <coughs> and that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons use of his songs Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Mike Mann for the Mad Mike Hughes theme. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, But make sure you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That way, the Apple Podcast algorithm will leave other potential listeners an offer they can't refuse. For podcasting fun. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also look us up on Instagram. Now you can call and leave us a voicemail too. 563-265-1978. Please consider supporting the show financially by making a donation on the Atari Bytes Patreon page. And remember, we have new Patreon tiers over there. You can get episodes early. You can get bonus episodes. Right now, we've been watching the Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures cartoon series. And we've got stuff about that in the bonus episodes. Uh, All sorts of stuff. You can also pick up shirts and mugs saying go play some old games they've missed you at our ab-pod-store-on-zazzle.com underscore underscore New things may be coming to the store soon as well. Check out the new website www.carnivalofgleecreations.com for more info and links to the show episodes, social media. You can find out about my other podcast. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. You can find out more about books that I've written and links to some of the places that you can buy them. All sorts of stuff over there. CarnivalofGleeCreations.com All in one place. Shout out to my Patreon patrons. You guys rock. Michael Tyler and G. Ray Defender. Thanks for sticking with us. And hopefully you can invite some of your friends to join you. Hey, do you love Snoopy? Do you know someone who does? Yes. Yes, you do. Check out my other podcast. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. Your one-stop shop for all things in and around the penis universe. New episodes drop on the 15th of every month. This month being September 2019, we've got an interview with Brad Keston, who was the voice of Charlie Brown in a bunch of stuff in the 80s, including most of the Charlie Brown Snoopy Show series. Uh, It's a great episode, fun podcast. If you've ever been a fan of Snoopy and the gang, or if you know someone who has and you do, go listen to that show. Next time on Atari Bytes, Hunt and Score, which coincidentally is basically what they called me in college. So until next time... Go play some old games. They've missed you. Oh, oh,